0: your your income is always in direct proportion to the value that you bring to the marketplace so if you stop bringing value i think your income's gonna 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 be affected and if you don't care that's okay
1: welcome to the more than corporate podcast i'm amber Furman, recovering perfectionist and serial accomplisher if you're anything like i used to be You've been living your life thinking that if you accomplish enough stuff, you'll finally find the success you've always wanted. But what if it's not about accomplishing more stuff? What if it's about accomplishing the right stuff? I believe you don't find success. You create it by intentionally designing the life you want and having the courage to get out of your comfort zone to live your design. I went from doing what I was supposed to do to doing what I love to do, and now I get to help others do the same. Keep listening as I chat with inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day and learn how you too can live the life you've always wanted. Welcome back to another episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. I am really excited to bring to you a guest, Jazz Takar. Um, He has been in sales and service for 27 years. Um, He decided to try his hand at real estate. He founded REC Canada under the Royal LePage, and I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. Um, And for over five years, he has successfully kept his team in the top three in the country. He also does investment, teaching other people how to build a out their real estate portfolios um, and loves sharing his experiences. So I'm really excited to dig into what it was like for him, what his d- idea of success is, how he defines that for himself and his team, his podcast, the Jazz Tacker Podcast. Um, he's also founded his own media company. So we're going to dig into all those amazing things and, and talk about those identities that he gets to Um, embrace in order to be all of that. So I'm really excited for that. Really quickly, before we bring him into the conversation, I want to remind you that this episode is brought to you by Success Development Solutions and the Design Your Life Mastermind. If you are somebody who feels like you've reached a level of success and you still feel unsuccessful, if you're not sure what's missing, why all the hard work hasn't seemed to pay off for you, the reality is that you're probably going in the wrong direction. You probably haven't had that... um, focus on exactly where it is that you want to go and you're climbing the wrong mountain. So what we do is take you back to the beginning, help you identify what success means to you so that you can start actually living a fulfilling life instead of just chasing accomplishments and rainbows that you're never going to be able to, to reach. So if that sounds like something that you need or want to have more of a conversation about, then head over to successdevelopmentsolutions.com slash contact, let you jump on a call and see what we can do to have you living the life that you deserve. Deserve. With that being said, let's go ahead and have this conversation with Jazz. Jazz, thank you so much for being on the show with me today. I really appreciate it.
0: Well, I really appreciate the kind words uh, during the introduction, Amber, and uh, thanks for having me on. And I hope to bring as much value as I possibly can to everybody who's watching or listening. But hopefully, hopefully at least one person takes some type of nugget that comes out of our conversation today and actually takes action. I think the the my biggest concern when i get on podcasts like this and 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 do speaking events is that people will take the the knowledge and think that that's power but i think we both know and most of your viewers and listeners know that really it's the actual use of that knowledge that's yes. power right and just having a lot of books in your in your library is essentially just potential power so take it run with it, make it your own. It's not ripping me off if you take if I actually tell if I'm telling you to do it. And so a if I'm telling you to do it and b if you go onto my social platforms and take some of my videos or take a blog or a podcast idea, I'm gonna say it once again, if it's not ripping me off, if I'm telling you to do it. <laughs>
1: I'm so glad that you said that because I feel like, first of all, there's um, a couple of things that you said that's super um, important that I want to dig into really quick. And first of all is if one person takes benefit or takes movement from it. I feel like too many times people who are just starting out on their journey, whether it's a content creation journey or any type of social media platform or business ownership, whatever it is. They get so caught up in the um, lack of numbers that they might have or lack of following that they might have. And really that mentality of if one person hears me, if one person takes action, if one person is listening, then that's enough. I'm curious to know how long it took you on your journey to really understand that or whether that's something that's kind of always been innate to you.
0: Yeah, I think, look, I mean, during my content creation journey. It's been about four years. But as you mentioned in the introduction, being in the sales and service industry has been 27 years, almost coming up to 28 years now. And one thing that I always knew from a sales perspective is is that if I can just get one buyer, one client to, to buy into my service, and then they actually use my service as long as I, I, I provided wow service, if I exceeded their expectations, there's a very good chance that they're going to introduce me to a family member, a colleague, someone at, uh, uh, at maybe at the soccer practice or at a cocktail party. And so I took that same thought process into, into my speaking gigs, into, into my content creation, which was like, look – I want to try to get to the 8 billion people in the world. And I, I'm, I'm speaking from Toronto, Ontario, and Canada today. And so there's 6.6 million people in the greater Toronto area, which is essentially a 50-mile radius. I want to get to them all. I'm just, like, not going to have the time necessarily to get to everyone. And so maybe if I can just get that one person to take action, not only just, like, motivation, it's, you know, it you can get motivated today after this talk and then – Thursday's going to happen, you know? Um, and the, I think the next level of that is inspiration. I think when you're inspired within, you're more apt to actually have consistency and longevity in in what you're trying to accomplish. But for me, it's actually taking Action consistently. That is really the game changer. And that's what I'm hoping that that one person does. Because if I affected one person, inspired one person to take action, that, look, I think I did a good job.
1: Yeah, and I think what's um, interesting is that one person then gets to take that on and help somebody else and help somebody else. And then that's what allows us to get to those billions of people, right? Um, I tell people when I speak that the impact that you want to make in the world is exponentially bigger than the amount of time that you have to make it. And so the more people that you can inspire to do things, the more that you're going to be able to have that impact live on Longer than you, which is what we all want,
0: right? Look, I think I think it's quite easy if you Google it. The average person knows, generally speaking, about two hundred people, right? And so you might sit there and say, "Well, I only know two hundred people." If you're getting into business, you're you're trying to inspire. Uh, maybe maybe it's not one person and it's two hundred people. But if two hundred people know two hundred people that know two hundred people your network now is 40,000 people right to yeah. so to your point amber i mean it can grow really really quickly um and and i agree with you hopefully you're you're surrounding yourself um with people that are positive because generally we all like to hang out with people that are similar to us right and so hopefully you're 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 taking the route of hanging around people that are positive and inspiring and they're trying to be uplifting for you because then they'll want to pass that on right not not nece- like not everyone's going to want to pay it forward but hopefully you've wh- whoever's listening right now and watching that's who you've surrounded yourself with
1: yeah. So let's dig into that for just a minute. So we do have a tendency to want to hang around with people who are like us. I want to know in your journey through all of the businesses that you have done and the media that you've created and the podcasts that you have, what is the biggest benefit that you have found in searching to hang out with people who are different than you?
0: Well, look, I mean, for, at a very, very young age, I, I always seeked out mentorship, right? And 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 back when I was 18, 17. I didn't know even the word mentorship, but what I, I understood being kind of a sports guy was there's going to be someone that has already done what I'm looking into doing. So I worked at the bank and I was in, in telephone banking just before online banking um, became a big thing. Like, in this started maybe like in 2000, 2001. And right away, when I started at that job, I found out who's the best at this like this this organization in this actual role who's the best and i still remember his name his name was pete he was from actually halifax and flew into toronto and he was there um for about three years but he was at the top of his game and all i ever asked him was hey like do you mind if i just stay after hours and listen to your phone calls like do you mind if i just kind of watch what you do with the screen, how you how you handle some objections that might come up, how you actually set your, your desk up. And so I watched him do that for a two week period. I didn't use everything that he did, but there was two, three things. The way that he sat really has stuck with me. The way that he would say, do you mind if I put you on hold? And then when he came back online, He would say, thanks so much for holding, Amber. Just two small little things that, what am I, 24 years later, 23 years later, I still use till this day. It's being polite, asking somebody to put them on hold, then you're thanking them for coming back. But I could see why this guy was so good. Started to take those three, four things. Some of the other stuff I just kind of already had in my toolbox. But those three, four things changed the game for me. Then I got into car sales, and I tell this day, this the, the owner of seven, eight dealerships at that time, and now has more, he was one of the best car salesmen in the country. And I was lucky enough to be mentored by him. Well, he cut my sales, my sales success in half, because he already hit his head against the wall for 20 years, 25 years, he made sure that I didn't do that. And then in real estate, once I got into real estate as a 23 year old, the truth is, I didn't know my I didn't know my head from my you know what at that time. So I really <laughs> again, I searched, I searched for one of the top real estate agents um, in the city and happened to connect with this guy. And I asked him if he was Okay with me just bringing coffee to his meetings. Like, you don't need to pay me. I know how much business you do. You're all over the place. His name. His name Can name I, from- am I able to just, am I able to put up your for sale signs? Look, at the end of the day, his name was Simon. He's passed on. He became a mentor and an older brother uh, to me for 13 years. Um, but I would ask him if if like if you need me to clean your washrooms, bro, I'm here to do that. Like whatever it takes, I just want to learn from you. And so I've always been from that ilk that if you surround yourself with people that have already done what you've done, success leaves clues. And so you don't need to reinvent the wheel. And I know everybody has massive ambition on on socials and 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 these and these aspirations to build the next Facebook or the 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 next Uber. But most things have already been done before. And so if you can just seek out those people, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised on how many people want to help. Now, here's the caveat. You might ask Joe Blow and he might be the best x in the industry and he might say no for whatever reason he doesn't like to have mentees he doesn't have the time and then you go speak to mary and she's willing to or you might need to speak to 32 people it does obviously come down to how bad do you actually want it what is your why because when you hear 29 31 no's are you willing to keep asking because i promise you If you keep asking and you you are are genuinely not looking to take, but actually give to some to other people. And what I mean, like, if you can't get a seat at the table, you ask to bring coffee to that table. And 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 this way you're immersed in conversations that are happening in your industry that is going to cut your success in half. Bare minimum, it might even be sooner, but bare minimum will cut your success in half because these guys, these gals that have come before us and done it at a high level, they know. They know not to go down a certain path because they've tried it 17 times, right? Or they just know shortcuts. And I don't mean shortcuts from yeah. the perspective of like shortcuts to success. I'm talking about like, hey, maybe if you try doing an event, and it could be something small. Like I was, I was doing an event last night um, with for an investment group here in Toronto. And the first question I asked them, I was like, hey, guys, why did you choose Tuesday nights as the time? Because I've seen you do this in the past. And it was always done on Saturday mornings. And they said, um, well, we we figured we didn't want to do it on Mondays and Fridays. And they had a couple of uh, thoughts around it. And, and and then I asked, I was like, well, hang on, let me just make sure that you you have a good sample size with this. I was like, how many have you done? And they said they've done 35 events on Tuesday nights, every single Tuesday night. And their numbers have been the best. Well, I, I'm not like, I only have a high school education, so I don't need to be that smart. <laughs> I said like, okay, I'm going to start doing my events on Tuesday nights because these guys have already kind of figured it out. Why am I going to try to hit my head against the wall? Try Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm just going to start with Tuesday night. Worst comes to worst, it doesn't work. At least I had some data, right? And so, um, if if it, to me, if you want to become a lawyer, you want to become a doctor. No, there's certain things that maybe you can't be in the in the surgery room with the doctor. I get all that kind of stuff, but like, you want to be a fashion designer, seek out people that have done it before you, and yeah, like if you got to work for free, you work for free. Think about it. As as somebody getting a degree and Amber, I mean, you told me your background, I'm sure it didn't cost a couple of thousand dollars to get to get the uh, degree that you have. Um, and so if you're someone who doesn't have a degree, but wants to get started in business, but you 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 don't have the confidence and the experience, think of working for free for somebody that's doing it at a high level as you put yourself through school.
1: Yeah. And I think that that's amazing advice anyways, because there's so much of, you know, we talked before we came on about kind of the identities that we all pick up throughout, um, our professional achievements and then how the majority of finding success is actually shedding those identities to get back to who you really are. Right. Um, and when people ask me things about law school, things about um, you know becoming a business coach or a success coach or um, anything that I have done in the past, my answer to them is exactly what you just said. Go immerse yourself before you make this decision. Go immerse yourself with people who are doing it. And don't necessarily pay attention to only how they're doing it or the money that they're making or anything to that effect. Pay attention to their life? Do they get home to see their kids at a decent time? Do they get to take trips that they want to take? Are you going to be happy living their life? Um, And I think that's one of the biggest problems that exists when it comes to success right now is that people look at what they think it's going to be like instead of what it's actually going to be like when we could find out what it's actually going to be like. By immersing ourselves in it, like you just said, but we choose not to do that because we see it as a waste of time. So I love that you just mentioned that because there's so many reasons that people should want to do it. If you like that result, then now you have just shortcutted your time to success. Like you just said, if you don't like it, you just saved yourself $200,000 in eight years of schooling. And now you get to go find out what that next thing might be.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of it also has to do with just what some some are worried about they're worried about what their friends might think mm-hmm. or their family members might think like what, Amber you're working for free like you're so yeah. much better than that what's wrong with you like and then we let all this external noise in our heads but most of the time we it felt right in our gut. That we should yes. have done it to, to 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 further what you were saying in terms of cutting the success in half. And and it's just not a waste of time. I actually think it's it's gonna save you a lot of time and save you a lot of Agreed. headache too, right? Like it's just gonna save you a lot of headache. My wife, um, when when she was in her early twenties, she thought she wanted to be like an executive chef. Um, and that was gonna be that was her dream, right? And and so she actually went. To cooking school and 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 chef school and then actually she didn't finish chef school because that's when she got to do an internship at um one of the biggest hotels in downtown toronto and to your point about the lifestyle she realized that the executive chef there at this massive hotel and that's what she wants she wanted to be a big chef right um she noticed that he was at work for like 16 hours a day Um, and, and it was very stressful on his body and she realized really quickly, like, you know what? I didn't, I don't want to do this. Now imagine if my wife did it slightly earlier, she maybe didn't have to go through the two years of schooling. Now it wasn't a couple of hundred thousand dollars, luckily. Um, and, but it still was twenty twenty five thousand dollars that she ended up spending. But if she did it a little bit earlier, she would have come to the realization. And all she had to do is, is, is maybe just like clean dishes for free at the hotel for, for, (laughs) you know what I mean? For six weeks or something to realize that. Right. But um, now she was also 20. And so also nobody was there to tell her that. Right. And so again, hopefully somebody who's listening or watching right now, and they're thinking about making a career change um, into a new industry, just call up 17 people, set 14 people, whatever that number might be. DM them. I mean, today in today's day and age, it's so easy. Much easier. I shouldn't say it's easy, but it's so much easier than it was 15 years ago because you can just DM a bunch of people on Instagram. You can send Facebook and LinkedIn messages. You can get people's email addresses. And if all that fails, pick up the phone. If all that fails, go knock on that door of that person's office and ask if you can work there for free. And and and, and to your point about immersion, right? Like we all know this. We all know the best way to learn a new language is to go to the country that they're speaking that language yes. every single day. And so it's a lot faster and not to throw a stone at Rosetta, but like it's a lot <laughs> faster. I right? see
1: what you did there.
0: You, you like that one? Um <laughs> It's 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 just a lot faster to learn by going to that country. And so I think we need to take our career paths um, and our passions just as seriously. Right. And and you're going to you're going to realize if this is something like if you hated doing it because it was free. It's probably not the 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 the, the career path for you, because I can tell you most entrepreneurs and business owners do a lot more work than they actually get paid for in fact yeah it takes, i mean right, i was gonna say i was go just ahead. gonna say just to just to finish that off amber i was gonna say it takes decades to get to a place where you're now getting paid more than the work that you actually do
1: yeah i think it's a fine line because we're in a space right now, especially in like the coaching industry, where if you talk to anybody, they're going to say, Oh, you know, make sure that you get what you're paid for. Don't undervalue yourself. And and that's accurate. However, when you're, there's other forms of payment, it's not just financial right so if I'm looking at somebody who like if I got the opportunity to sit down with Jay Abrams if I got the opportunity to sit down with you know any of the big coaching um Brene Brown if I got the opportunity to sit down and pick Brene Brown's brain I hate that phrase but talk to her for a little bit um Am I going to care that I'm not getting paid for that? Am I going to care that I may have to pay for the opportunity to do that? Like, no, because in re- in um, exchange for that, I'm getting something. And I think that people forget that. I think that people forget that getting paid and money in general is just an exchange of value. And what are you giving and what are you getting? And how can you make sure that the time that you're putting into something is valuable, whether it's, Monetary payment that you're getting or not. Um, But back to what you were talking about previously, I think there's also this um, entitlement that's created when we go through school, we go through any type of um, education or training program. And I know I went through this when I became an attorney and I was like, I've made it. What do you mean you want me to do this? Like, I've worked so hard for this degree. What do you mean that? you want me to like sit in a closet and like research shit for this next, you know, paper. What do you, I I don't, I'm not doing that. I, I, I have this degree and we forget that like, we're not actually entitled to shit. You know, we get to step back and, and say, okay, this is where I'm at. I'm either going to do it or not do it. And I'm either going to learn from it or I'm not going to learn from it. So I feel like there's that entitlement that comes in of saying, I deserve to get paid for this.
0: Yeah, I think there's, I mean, two sides to that coin, right? Where when you're just starting out and someone says to you, to your point about what the coaches might say, like, make sure you get paid uh, for what you're worth and all your time. But when you're starting out, your time is worth not much. Like, who are you? Like, what value have you really brought to the table? And so when you're starting out, better be doing stuff for free giving as much value as possible Mm -hmm. opposed to getting on the high horse and saying, well, you know, I'm a coach and, or, or I'm, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur or I provide I'm a real estate agent and I can't do that for free or, or I have to charge X amount. It's not always about free, Mm -hmm. but I have to get this number because I calculated my hours um, and what I should be making on an hourly basis. But at the start, it's not worth your time's not worth anything. So I think we need to put that into context for sure for somebody who's starting out and, to your point about entitlement. Yeah. I think those people are just going to lose, right? Like I've been at the real estate game for 17 years. Um, and we do it at a very high level in Toronto real estate. And I don't tell people that to impress them, but I can tell you that I'm never too busy to get on a phone call. Cause I know what it took mm-hmm. for me to get here. Like I know how many phone calls I had to make. I know how much I dreamt about the seat that I'm sitting in right now talking to you. Like I knew, like I know how much work and how many hours that I never want to give that up. I don't want to lose that. Like I, I I know that if I got to pick up the phone call and call an irate client because they were working with someone on my team, I'm the first one to say to all my, my, my staff, Hey, pass me the phone. Let me get on that call. Mr. And Mrs. Client, I'm never too busy for you. Right. And so I think the people that are, are in a position or they feel that they're in the position and maybe they really truly are where they don't, want to do certain amount of work because they're in a place in their career or place in their life i mean each to their own but uh i think in business your your income is always in direct proportion to the value that you bring to the marketplace so if you stop bringing value i think your income's gonna 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 be affected and if you don't care that's okay. Like maybe you're thinking about retiring and you want to kind of sail off to the sunset and there's nothing wrong. And I'm no, I'm no one to say that you should or shouldn't do that. But I definitely believe that the leaders in my organization, I mean, they, they, they consistently um, are washing dishes in the kitchen because we need to make sure that if uh, a client comes and they want um, a vodka with soda, that there's a clean glass in there. And sometimes the rest of our team doesn't get to that. And, you know, I just moved into a new studio and I saw one of my uh, leaders in my organizations grabbing the vacuum and just vacuuming. Um, she doesn't need to do that. We have staff. We have executive assistants. We have all that. But she also realized they were busy. And they were tired. And so she like we just all like it's always hand all hands on deck. That's the mentality in in all my organizations that look, um, there's definitely um, a time and place that we like to keep the leaders in in the roles that they need to be in. If they need to speak with clients or they need to be in certain meetings and all that. But everyone, including myself, we just don't walk around with that aura that we're too cool for everyone else. Too cool for school, as the kids say.
1: I know, right? I feel like that's a cycle as well. Because I feel like there's the um, moment that you realize that it is actually... Um, was it, I think it was Simon Sinek that was talking about leadership and said that you become a true leader when you realize that you work for the people who work for you, not the other way around, right? Like it is, I, my employees don't work for me. I work for them. And the moment that you realize that, um, and then also on the other side of that coin, there are a lot of people who want to start businesses, who want to do their own thing because they're tired of working for someone else. But I was at an event and someone mentioned, like, you always have a boss. Always. It might be your clients. It might be, you know, may not be that they're telling you you got to work from eight to five here or there, but you always have somebody who is your boss. It might be yourself
0: um, too, right? It might just it, be it yourself. Could be yourself, yeah. And real estate so agents I mean, are notorious. Real estate agents are notorious for this, and I can say this because I've been yeah. one for such a long time. Like they, nobody grew up saying I wanted to be a real estate agent. <laughs> a lot of people grew up saying I want to be a lawyer, a doctor, an engineer. Right? Real estate is not one of those. Amber, uh, Amber, sorry. It's you fall into this business, okay? Mm-hmm. And one of the main reasons you fall into this business, there's a myriad of reasons, but one of the main ones is because. You heard or you saw someone who has a you think that they have a lifestyle like, oh, my God, they don't have a boss. Then those people who get into the business, the ones that think like that, they quickly realize, oh, my boss sucks. Yeah, because I've never been able to hold myself accountable. I if, if if I if I can sit and watch Netflix all day long, I'm going to watch Netflix all day long. I can't prioritize my schedule, I don't really know too much about finances and, 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 um, you know, making sure that I have more revenues than expenses and, and how to budget and all that stuff. And so, I mean, to your point about about bosses and leadership, I can't I mean, I I couldn't agree with you anymore. Right. I think you need to be in a place where you realize, especially in today's day and age, where working from home and working remotely, it's it's such a common thing now um, after like post pandemic. And this is this is it. now. Like we got to all get used to this. I think there'll be a lot more hybrid in, in, in that environment, like people working two, three days from home or whatever, and two, three days in the office. But we, as, as business owners need to be able to adapt, also adapt be- like adapt with the fact that there's more choice now for yes. younger people coming into the workforce. Right. And so they, because of, and and I think some of it has to do with what they see on the Instagrams and the TikToks that they can make passive income and chill on the beach and stuff. And like, we know that a lot of that's not true, but it doesn't matter. They think it is. And so they don't want to put in the hours, um, at an yeah. office. And so your, your, your prospect of, of, staff and employees um is not as wide um and is not as dead like you don't have the depth that you had pre-pandemic and so when you do get s- some people that are bought in you do get people that want to be with you for a while you better treat them well and now that doesn't mean you let them walk all over you um but having that ma- mindset um of of that the staff, like you work for the staff, I think is a winning mindset for sure. Because then you're always, you're always looking at it from the vantage point of how you can be better. And at the end of the day, you're also holding yourself accountable. Because if, if Joe Blow works for you and he just is not doing a good job, it's on you. You're the person who hired him. Yes. Right. And if you're not happy with their productivity or their attitude then get rid of them. And I understand I just talked about how hard it is to find other people or train them, right? Train them better. Exactly. Or get them the resources. And I was going to go down that path. It's not enough just to say, hey, how can I help you? And then you kind of run away. Like you can't just give lip service here. Right. And and so um, I also think with with mental health being like this is real. Right. Like, I mean, people are going through stuff at home and and yeah, I'm 40 years old now, and so I've had some experience in, in in workplaces. I mean, nobody really spoke about that, at least when I was in my early 20s, mid-20s. Um, even like a decade ago, it was kind of – you just never spoke about stuff, and hence why I'm sure right. we're hearing about it a lot more. But you need to – without prying into people's private lives, you do need to, in my opinion, have an environment where people feel like it's safe to have that conversation. Um, and and that might happen with with like something that I try to do on a monthly basis. Um, and I'm not perfect at it. I'm still kind of in my journey in general in life, but I try to sit down with each of my staff members at least once a month. And and it's not necessarily a formal dinner or a formal lunch. It's maybe like, hey, I'm just walking to the bank to deposit something. Um, you want to take a walk with me? It's five minutes. And, 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 and that five minutes with Amber might hopefully let her know that I care. I really do care. I just didn't have the uh, uh, hour and a half this month to sit down. But I also try my best you know i have a staff of of 11 that is like a full full full-time staff my 54 agents are more independent contractors but my 11 staff i try to kind of know what works well with one of them and might not work well with the other like walking to the bank with with one of my guys just wouldn't work like it's not who he is you know what he needs he needs a ryan coke and he needs a double ryan coke after work and he will just release whatever's going through like his mind you know and another guy i gotta kind of call him in my office and we just have a like a like a sit down right but we don't necessarily need to talk about deep life stuff and what's happening in his home but maybe if i just talk about the game last night or or the fact that you know the, the the nba finals are happening right now i know how much he Likes it Now, I'm also lucky because I enjoy that as well. But you as a leader, if you're watching and listening right now, you need to find some type of connection that you can have with each staff member um, and and really genuinely care, because if you don't, you probably don't deserve them in the first place.
1: You know, that whole conversation applies to customers as well. Right? Like we get to decide I'm in New York, I'm in a hotel, which there's so much that um, this is representative of for what you were just talking about. Um, but I'll get to that in just a second. Um so I'm in New York and I have clients that I could send a picture of myself next to a building that they might've mentioned during a conversation and say, Hey, just thinking about you and wanted to say hi. And that would be perfectly fine. Um, I'm going to the Mets game tonight. If I know that one of my clients is a Mets fan and I get to grab something, you know, five bucks from the gift shop and send that to them, like, um Steve Sims is somebody who really got me on this cuz he said that when he goes and travels when he knows anybody who likes the city that he's in that is a client of his he'll just grab some stationery from the hotel and he'll write them a note on hotel stationery that says hey i was just thinking about you and send that to them so knowing what is going to make your clients or staff or whatever relationship or conversation you're having feel valued and appreciated is so, so, so important. So I love that you brought that up. Um, the other thing I wanted to say about traveling is um, your accountability conversation is so huge because um, this is why coaches get paid so much because they make, they help people make more money just by holding them accountable because they no longer have a boss to tell them what to do. I love traveling. I love knowing that I can work from anywhere that I go. But the only reason that I can do that is because I'm willing to sit in a hotel room right now and have a conversation with you, instead of being four blocks away where the bustle of my conference is going on, to be able to be in the middle of that. And that takes discipline and accountability that I didn't have when I first started my business. You know, that I didn't have when I was first going out on my own, and I had to learn, because otherwise, I'm going to be back in a nine to five where somebody's telling me where to be because I couldn't tell myself where to be
0: yeah look I I um you can you can obviously tell the passion in your voice I mean for all the viewers and listeners I mean Amber and I spoke for 7.2 seconds before we got (laughs) onto this podcast and so um I'm actually just getting to know you through this podcast which is all obviously really cool with this type of medium but I can tell that you're very passionate because I think the discipline is derived from the passion right? Because you mm-hmm. you know oh, that you want, you know that you want more out of your life. And so you're going to be willing to put in the extra work. Like I get the question all the time, and I'm sure you do, Amber, is, oh, my God, how do you fit so much in your day? And it's like, I I don't never really even think about it. Like, it's just, I know like, okay, I'm going to finish this podcast. I'm going to go back to my office. I made sure my studio and my office are exactly from one chair to the next, to this chair that I'm sitting on is it's it's exactly eight minutes because my office wasn't big enough to hold the studio. So I planned (laughs) my, 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 my business around my life. Okay. And, and I made Mm. sure that, okay, I'm going to figure out that a way where I don't have to leave the office um, as much so I can get more done. And so that's how I get a lot, a a lot done. But I also know that I'll just work a little longer. Like, yeah, like I have two little boys, an eight year old and a six year old. And so when I put them to sleep and I do all the daddy stuff, once I put them to sleep, I'm going to go an extra half an hour, an extra hour or an extra two hours. So, because going back to what we said about maybe sitting down with your staff every month for 25 minutes, an hour, whatever that time might be, Well, where do you get that time from? Well, it's your job as the leader to make time for it. And then whatever you had to do, make it up at the end of the day or wake up an extra 45 minutes earlier, sleep an extra 30 minutes later. Like you got to make that up. But that will only happen, in my opinion, when you love what you do, because nobody will ever be able to tell the difference if you're working or you're playing and you'll always spring out of bed. Because you want that yeah. extra time, you'll put in the extra work at night because you love what you do. It's not work for you, right? Um, yeah. This is not like the the, the coolest thing in, in into going into entrepreneurship. If you do it the right way and going into business for yourself, so you can choose what type of business you go into. As yeah. long as as long as you're not making that decision based solely on money, and that's where I think people make the biggest mistake because mm-hmm. they think that. The money is going to bring happiness. And there's been so many, so many studies done. And the most recent one was done from Yale by Yale, like back in mid 2020, late 2020, which states that when you make more money, you change your happiness line by like two degrees or something very minuscule because that's just, it was that. And sorry, the second thing that came out of that study is that when you make more than $120,000, sorry, I want to make sure I get the number right here, Amber. It was $86,000. When you make Mm -hmm. more than $86,000 a year, you're like, you now can make 8.6 million. And this might sound really off to a lot of people, but there's been a lot of studies around this. If you, the second you make more than $86,000 a year, you're not that much more happy. Like it's just, yeah, like you just need to get to that number and then anything more, it's again, a couple of degrees in change. And so making the decision on which business and um, that you want to, you want to start hopefully is not based on money because when you do it on what you actually like, like if you like sewing or you like like mugs and that's what you like designing, you're going to find out everything there is about mugs. You're going to find out everything there is about sewing and then you're going to want to do, you're just going to want to sew all the time. And how cool yeah. is that, that, you, that we live in a time where you can do that and sell your product, sell your service right across the world. Like for all the... Tough times people are going through right now in the world, through war and through pandemic and lockdown and so many other things. There's also a lot of silver lining that can be taken out of the times that we're in right now. And the fact that you and I are connected, you're in a hotel in New York and I'm in Toronto, Canada, and you and I are having this conversation and hopefully bringing value to other people's lives. But at the end of the day, you brought value to my life. And one day we're going to meet each other and I'm going to try to connect you with people and hopefully you do the same and all that kind of stuff. Right. Like, how cool is that? We weren't able to do this even like it, it was not it was not common pre pandemic. Um, it wasn't also at zero. But, you know, it's really happened. On at mass for the last call it 15 years and i i I just think there's so much to be proud of um with humanity and there's so much to be excited about especially if you're in a nine to five right now and you're just stuck or you feel stuck there's there's more out there that you can do and, and and that might mean maybe you don't make the jump nine to five right into business right away maybe it's Nine, you go to your nine-to-five, and then you do your home thing, and then you from you know, not 9 p.m. till midnight, three hours. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but three hours every single day, it compounds pretty quickly over a, a month period and over a year and over two years where you can get to a place where you can replace your nine-to-five income with something that you absolutely love to do. I know you're not winning – compared to Jeff Bezos or your next door neighbor or your 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 brother-in-law or whatever whoever it is <laughs> in your brain because we all have somebody that we're comparing ourselves to. Which um, is the
1: problem, right? Is 100%. that we all have somebody we're comparing ourselves to poison.
0: It's it's not even the like, problem to me anymore, Amber. It's poison. Like I yeah. have seen so many people just not do what they want to do and just be so unhappy you know that's that's the word i was looking for i was trying to articulate it and it's just the, like the, the like the easiest way i can say it it's it's just unhappy and the reason yeah. they're unhappy is because they're comparing their current life or even comparing what they want wanted their life to be based on someone else's life and yeah. that is like It's what it just doesn't make sense to me. You know, like there will always be people that have more than you. There will always be people that have less than you. And I think you just need to be okay with what you can control. You can't control who the president's going to be. Can't control (laughs) who the prime minister is going to be. Stop complaining unless you're going to make changes and just start doing like you can, you can really make yourself happy by, by, by just, focusing in and having tunnel vision and not worrying about all that outside noise.
1: You know, it's so important. There's one thing before I, before I talk on what you just said, because it's pure gold. Um, You said something earlier that I want to make sure that everybody heard and repeat. And you said, I planned my business around my life. And I think like if I could give somebody you know this whole podcast is about figuring out what success means to you and like honestly if i could give somebody a statement that would lead to success no matter what that meant it would be plan your business around your life right like quit doing it the other way around i made that mistake i said i'm not going to i mean i never wanted kids but i said i'm not going to have the family i'm not going to do um i'll worry about the friends i'll worry about my health i'll worry about everything else When I have my career and I have my degree and I've got, and then 30 years goes by and you're unhealthy and you're, you know, single and you're, and, but you got this career that's supposed to make you happy. And now you're trying to undo that, to have the life that you gave up to get this career. There is a way to make it happen altogether. And it starts by exactly what you just said, start with life and plan your business around it. And I really wish that I would have understood that sooner. So I'm so glad that you mentioned it when you were talking about your offices and where they're at and time and, and you are correct. The most frustrating statement to me is how do you make time for that? Or how do you have time for that? I don't have it. I make it. Like I make it hundred
0: percent because it's important to you, right? Like, I mean, I have tons of examples, like, Anybody who's ever went into to to my content you've they've heard me say enough that I don't have a computer. Like I run a pretty large real estate organization and a media company. I haven't touched a computer in 5 years. Why? Cuz I oh, wow. figured this one this one device is going to do it all for me. My my iPhone does it. Majority of stuff that everybody can do on a computer and whatever else I realized whatever else it can't I delegated that to somebody else because I probably shouldn't be doing it anyways, right? Yes. Like I just, I don't need to be doing everything. I also realized I'm most comfortable in a pair of jeans, runners yes. and a t-shirt and a t-shirt. And so that's traditionally, that's not what a real estate agent looks like. Like it's just, it's not right. And, and no knock on the guys and gals that get dressed up. I think they look amazing and, and I'm glad that they're comfortable in it. But for me to be at my best and for me to just feel like jazz. I'm going to do all of this in a t-shirt. Oh, I'm also going to tell everybody that I have nothing past a high school education. So when I spell something wrong, because I tell everybody I can't spell half the words that I say, when (laughs) I use some, maybe I use some words out of context and I come from the most Northern part in Toronto in an area called Rexdale, which doesn't have, you know, the best stigma. Um, Now you know. So when you call me out on it in three months or three weeks in our conversation, that's old news to everybody because I've already put all my cards on the table. If you decide to work with me, then you're okay. I know that you're okay with all of that because I've put it out there so much. I've also said I like I haven't worked a like I always take one weekend off from for ninety percent of my seventeen year career. It was always Sunday. I just switched it because my two boys have a lot more stuff on Saturdays now. But on Saturdays, you won't get a hold of me. Like I'm yeah. off. I'm off. Like unless there's like an emergency, there's two to three people that can get a hold of me. And that's they're at the highest level of my organizations. I've never called me. They've never called me because they can handle it. And we just don't really have those type of emergencies, right? Like it's, you know, some business owners think that that and salespeople for sure. Like I can't take any time off because my clients, no, they're not. Just tell them, just let them know that you're away for a couple of days or you're going to be on vacation. You're going to be sharper for it. And they're going to thank you as well. And, and they also want you to have a life. But um, I also said that I'm going to, I'm going to only do phone calls with clients on Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Thursdays and a couple of hours on Fridays. Now, to somebody that might sound like you're putting you're adding a lot of friction. No, because I also knew that I'm actually better because if I'm taking calls Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays and certain hours on Fridays, I'm dialed in. I'm dialed in. They get the best version of me. And that's how I made sure that I I'm going to design this around my life. Like my life is the most important. I'm going to see my boys at certain hours because I also know that when I was when 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 like they're eight and six, as I mentioned earlier on, I was still in in the 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 dirt of growing my business. and, And now I'm growing the media business, but. I just had to put some parameters out there. I don't add a lot of friction in in doing business with me, but there's a little bit of friction because I want to make sure I there also have a life. Be.
1: Yeah, I think right? so. Right. Well, and and I think that there should be some friction. And I mean, this is a topic that I think that you and I could dig really deep into. And I I want to be respectful of your time, so we might have to do that some other time. Um, will have a I, but We'll have I, a
0: part two, Amber.
1: I know, right? Um, I really do believe that sometimes people make it too easy to work with them. And then they end up with people who aren't actually committed to working with them. So, you know, we, when you hear people say, and I had to learn this as an attorney, because um, I was like, why are all my clients, you know, blowing up my phone all the time? Why don't they respect boundaries? And it's, first of all, it's because I wasn't setting the expectation of what my boundaries should be. But second of all, it was because it's always the ones who don't see value in what you're doing in the first place, that you try to um, appease or convince that then hire you that you have problems with. Right. When you say, this is the value that I have, this is what I bring to it. um, If it's not for you, that's fine but this is where I'm staying, then you get a different level of client. And I'm not saying level as in they're better than somebody else. I'm saying level as in they're a better fit for you than somebody else because of the way that your personality is, right? So I think that we could all benefit from having more um, friction in order to be able to work with us to make sure that it's the right fit.
0: And and the cool thing with that is, is that kind of the theme of the podcast today, which is be very very careful and mindful of who you hang around with um, and who your network is, that if you draw up your ideal client, they hang around with people that are very similar to them. And so the ones that they introduce you to, when they're cuckoo, they're going to introduce you to more cuckoo (laughs) and crazy people. So that's why you don't want to try to do too much too much of your business with them now. At the start, look. I mean, I don't know if this is textbook or, or or the real way to do it. It's just the way that I did it, and it's way worked well for me. I said yes to everything and everyone mm-hmm. at the start because I knew I was in no position. I also wanted to realize what I liked and what I didn't like yeah. of the business, like in the business. And then I was also drawing up my ideal client, and it didn't. It took me i'm going to say about 5 years really to get really comfortable with okay who's my ideal client this is who i want to attract and it's funny that we're saying that because with my media company that that like we help real estate agents and mortgage brokers produce content it's only been in 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 business now for coming up to 13 months and we still haven't figured out our ideal client. So it's kind of similar to what I went through with my real estate company. Here now I'm 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 still trying to figure it out because it's like it's such a new space, right? And so to to everybody who's watching or listening, just give it some time. You you might be at it for six months. You might be at it for three years. You're like, well, I don't really know what the heck Jazz and Amber are talking about because I really don't I haven't really figured that out. And so just know that that's going to that that could take some time. But realize that you could you could design your ideal customer. And the the best part about that is that they're going to introduce you to people that are similar.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If people want to continue this conversation with you and they want to dig deeper into what you do and how you may be able to help them, what's the best way for them to reach you? You
0: know, I, I I think the best thing to do right now is it, it just still is my favorite platform. I'm on all the platforms, um, but I think my favorite one still right now is Instagram. And so, just search me on Instagram. You'll find all my links and and find other ways to kind of consume my content and get into what's known as as Jazz's world. Um, just go to uh, Instagram and the 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 profiles J A S. T a K H a R. And then the, the number 13, it's my lucky number. Uh, so it's jazz Takhar three.
1: Perfect. And we'll have that in the show notes as well. The last awesome. question that I have for you is the question that I ask every single one of my guests. I believe that the reason that people are living unfulfilling lives is because they have not taken the time to decide what fulfills them. And that comes through your definition of success. So how do you define success individually for yourself?
0: To to do exactly what I want to do at the time that I want to do it, period. I I get to decide um, exactly what I what I want to do and who I want to do with it, uh, who I want to do it with, and when I want to do it. And for me, that's what success is.
1: I love it. I love it. Jazz, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And I feel like you've given so much valuable information to the people who are listening. Um, And I just loved the conversation. So thank you so much for taking the time to be here.
0: I appreciate you having me on, Amber. Thank you so much.